All right, guys, welcome back to Revive School. Here we are, a new week, new shirt, and new crew. And Kevin, those are still some good-looking glasses you got today. We got Shelly Goodwin in the house, Rich's wife. Shelly does some editing with us, like some, all of it. And then we got Rich, we got TJ, Tom. I still can't see you, so Shelly, every once in a while, if you see his head, just, just slap. slap him. <laughs> all right, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Today, this psalm is crazy Fun, like when I reference a psalm out on the street, interacting with people, it's always Psalm 119. Like I go there. So Kevin, let's just do it right away. And then I'm going to break this thing up. It is the longest psalm, okay, out of 150 chapters. How many verses, Kevin, does it have? Uh, 172. 172. Like I was, I looked at this. This took me like four weeks to study for. In fact, it's not really, but it's 18 pages long. So if I get through two pages, praise God. But if you go to Psalm 119, 105, Kevin, like this is one of the texts that I always, I, I, I don't want to say it's a life verse, but man, it's in the top five. It has to be. Because I really believe like this is an answer to going through life. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Why I love this, okay? I'm so excited about drawing today, guys. All right, so here we are, okay? This is Rich. He's a happy guy. Okay, what this says is the word is a, a lamp. Kevin, when you think of a lamp, like a lamp goes how far on, on the light? Mm, just far enough to see. Yeah, just, just far enough. So let's just say, right, this is the lamp coverage. This is what I think of. So like the light, okay? Okay? Rich just became a lamp. <laughs> but a lamp, okay, your word is a lamp to my feet. So what that says is, Tom, you ready? Okay, okay. Like for me, it's like, okay, I can just see enough, right? I can just see enough just to get me the next step. Well, the scripture says that what is that's just enough is the word. So when you're reading the word, this serves as your next step, your next guidance. And so like, if you don't have this, you're walking in darkness according to the word. And so what I love about this is, though, you go from a word being a lamp for your feet to now think about this, Rich. It goes to then what's becoming a, a light for your path. So if you want to know about, can I just say your present and like, how do you get through your day to day? Well, guess what? You need the word of God to serve as a lamp for your feet. But what do you do with your future? Well, guess what? The word of God serves as a light for your path. So it's the steps and the direction. That's what I love about Psalm 119, 105. And so some people are like, man, I don't know where to go in life. Well, that's because maybe you're not using this as your instruction. And you're kind of like, well, I don't know where to start. Don't worry, you got 172 verses. You can't go wrong with this thing. 176. No. Is it really? 176? Did you forget to study for? <laughs> yep, I made it. I made it to 176. Praise the Lord, Kevin. Thank you. All right, so 176 verses. It's the longest of the Psalms. I love what Warren Wiersbe says. He calls it the Mount Everest of the Psalms. It's just like it just keeps going and going and going. It all fits together. 105, I would say, is the summary of the whole thing. But in order to understand the summary, let's talk about like 
all of the details. Now, this was probably, we don't know the author of the psalm. Some say David, some say Daniel, some say Ezra. (laughs) We don't know. They do know, and I think this is a fair assessment, that this was written under serious duress. So we know that situations probably aren't the best. So if you go to Psalm 119, verse 23, I just want to give you a couple examples. Uh, In verse 23, it says, Though princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think about your statutes. So uh, this isn't the greatest. So go to verse 42. So again, I want to give you situations. Uh, Then I can answer the one who taunts me, for I trust in your word. So situations aren't good. Where does he go, Kevin? To the word. In all of this, in the present and the future, when life just is not the best, he's got the word. And so what you see all throughout these 176 verses, it's an acrostic, uh, an acrostic psalm. Okay, what that means is, is this. Okay, it has 22 sections, 22 sections of eight lines each. So, Kevin, I should have done the math because eight times 22, 176. Oh, okay. Okay, there are 20. Two sections, okay? And you have eight lines each. This is actually, whenever people saw 119, this is what they actually talk about. And this is kind of cool. So all eight lines of the first section, okay? MacArthur spells out this really well. It begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So in, in America's terms, it would be like A through Z. And then every section, it goes A B, C, D, right? And then you have eight letters. Now, this says all, so it says all 22 letters are used in Psalm 119. That's just a kind of a cool little, well, how should I do my psalm? I know, let's start it with the alphabet. Like, I just like that, 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 uh, that thought process. So, all right, the first one is Aleph, okay? I, I don't know. I have, I'm not a scholar in Hebrew, uh, I never really was, praise the Lord. Rich, you're actually watching documentaries to learn Hebrew. If you go to Bet, okay, so in Bet, you're going to have verses 9 through 16. I'm, I'm literally going to write this thing out. Then you have Gamel, okay, Kev, uh, Rich, 17 through 24. You know, Constable breaks up each section with these things. So in, in uh, verses 1 through 8, you have the blessing of obeying God's word. When you get into Bet, again, forgive me if I'm saying some of this wrong or even spelling some of this wrong. It's the cleansing power of God's word. Okay, so maybe I'll just write, I'll try the blessing and I'm going to shorten this The cleansing. Okay, and all of this is in reference to what? God's word, right? All of this is in reference. So when I wanted to pull out one section, God's like, you can't because it all builds together. It all intertwines on this theme. And so then you hear you have Gamel and then you need to have an appreciation for God's word. <laughs> so that's kind of a fun section. Then you get into verses uh, 25 through 32. D-A-L-E-T. Kevin, you want to give a shot? How do you, how do you say that? Delet. Yeah, I think so. That sounds good. Delet. And so here you have a prayer to understand God's word. That's what these sections are about. Now, when you continue on in verses 33 through 40, ah, this should be a good one. Tom, how do you pronounce that one, do you think? He. <laughs> this is a loyal commitment to God's word. Uh, okay, this is an interesting one. Remember, there's going to be 22 of these. You're like, Kyle, this is a lot of just educational. Yeah, praise the Lord. 41 through 48. Then you have Vav. Uh, this is about God's word and 
in salvation. I'm just Zayin. Z-A-Y-I-N, that's the next one. I'm going to run out of room. Okay, so God's word, is a, God's word is a source. Okay, again, there's a lot of descriptions that we could have here, but what we're doing is, is Psalm 119, 176 verses. It's broken up into 22 sections, eight verses each, literally by the Hebrew alphabet. <laughs> so if you want to start studying Hebrew, well, let's look at the first letter. So we just went to Zayin, to now we're going to go to Chet. So this is, you need to have a strong commitment, okay? Strong commitment. Again, all of this is to God's word. It serves as a salvation, a commitment, a prayer, appreciation, a cleansing, a blessing. And this is all broken up by an unknown author based on the importance of the word. Then we're going to get to Tet, Tet, okay? Verses 65 through 72. Now I have to tell you, I studied this for almost three days straight. And I was like on this page, page seven, I'm like, I'm not making any progress, (laughs) Because there's so much here. But here's what happens. You have to have confidence, confidence in the word. All right, we're going to keep going, okay? This is Yod. This is going to be your Hebrew lesson. Probably your only one of a 730 lessons. So embrace it. So Yod is verses 73 through 80. And this talks about as God's word as an object of hope. So like, you know how we're talking about when things are not so well, if you hold on to this, you know that it's going to get you through this time in the present and in the future. It's kind of a cool picture. And then you're going to get to verses 81 through 88. It's Kaf, which talks about the reliability. Again, why do I want to do this? Because I want you to see every single section, 22 sections, talks about God's word. And so for me, Psalm uh, 119, 105, it just talks about the, the, the word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I'm like, yeah, and that's what this whole chapter is about. The longest chapter, yes, in the book of Psalms. Then you're going to get to Lamed, okay? Lamed, and it talks about in verses 89 through 96, the permanence of God's word. Uh, you know what, I, what? What do you think by, what do we mean by that? The permanence. It's forever. Forever. If you actually go to verse 89, let's just use an example really quick. Lord, your word is forever. What or not? Like this thing doesn't go away. It is firmly fixed in heaven. So like when the United States says, oh, yeah, we're based on the Constitution, you know, the uh, Declaration of Independence. We have all these things. Sometimes people try to change that stuff. This never changes. Whether you like it or not, if it doesn't fit your culture, doesn't fit your views, you can't change it. So that's where we find hope in this, Kevin. Uh, and just thinking, I'm sure you're going to talk about this later, but the word in the New Testament is often referred to as Christ. Is Kevin, what that's called is my closing main point. <laughs> Sorry. So Kevin's right. <laughs> this all points to the word of Christ. This is Christ. I mean, Scripture says the word became flesh in John 1. Kevin, we're just running in the spirit here, right? So in John 1, verse 14, let's just go there for a second. I mean, the word, it does remain forever. And guess what? By the way, it is the king of glory. The word became flesh. So if you're like, hey, what is the word? Go to John 1, 1. Let's just kind of back up just a little bit here. In the beginning was the word 
and the word was with God and the word was God. So according to this, the word was God. Now, if you go to verse 14, well, what, what is the word? Well, it says, it says that the word became flesh. Jesus took up residence among us. We observed his glory. The glory is the one and the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So all of Psalm 119, when we talk about finding our, our object of hope, our source of hope, ultimately is pointing to the king of glory. It's ultimately pointing to, to Jesus. And what you see in Psalm 119 is, is we need the word. Scripture continues on, if you would, Kevin, and it goes from verses 97 to 104. Great point, by the way, Kevin. I love this mem, mim, mim. The sweetness of God's word. The sweetness of God's word. That's just a kind of a, a really cool picture of, uh, of where we're going. I mean, he says in verse 97, how I love your instruction. Like it's not a wait to go to God's word. It's not a, oh, revive school. I got to read three chapters today. <laughs> no, it's like, I love this. And because I love this, I focus on God's word all day long. It is God's sweetness to my life. And so if you're kind of missing some honey, if you're missing the sweetness from the aroma of God, I would just say, dig into this. All right, we've gone to quite a bit here, but let's keep going if we can. Let's go to another great word, okay? This is classic, you guys. Uh, none. N-U-N. <laughs> none. All right, this is what is interesting, and this is really cool if you think about this. Uh, and this is what we just talked about. This is maybe why I wrote it under this verse. It's one, verses 105 to 112. God's word serves as an illumination for our lives. That's what God's, God's word provides. It provides direction. So Kevin, if we go with your theory, which I think is an accurate one, that the word of God is Jesus, and then Jesus truly is the light, then he's going to illuminate our path everywhere we go. So if you don't have Jesus, guess what? You have no light and you're basically just fumbling around in dark. You need the word. I need the word, which ultimately says we need we need Jesus. Hmm. Scripture continues on in verses 113 through 120. Samek. Again, I'm sure there are scholars that are listening saying, I can't believe this guy's even reading Hebrew. Me neither. All right, so what I do love about it is, is that there, there needs to be a reverence of God's word. The reverence, and that's what you can see in verses 113 through 120. And then again, we have 22 sections that 119 is broken up to. It's almost like when you think of uh, Psalms 1 through 150, you know, it's broken up into five, right? It's broken up into five books, five scrolls. Think of Psalm 119 broken up into 22 of these sections. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, in verses 121, uh, verses 121 through 128, you're going to actually see the vindication of those who keep God's word. Ah, when we say the word vindication, that sounds like a word that Rich would know. Rich, what's that mean? Any idea? Uh, I don't know. Try to make uh, right what was wrong? Yeah. It, it's almost like if I keep this, God's got my back. If I keep this in line, and in fact, let's just, let's just watch this for a second. In verse 121 and 122, he says, I've done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. But now look in 22, guarantee your servant's well-being. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. In other words, if I walk this, this line, 
Don't let this stuff happen to me. It's not a prosperity message. He's just saying, God, would you use this as my sword? Isn't that an awesome picture? Use this as my guidance, as my protection. Okay, as we continue on here, if we're going to be in uh, verses 129, verses 136, P. It's just certain things just make me laugh. It could be pay or P. Either way, it's, it's in reference to the wonder of God's word. In fact, Kevin, in verses 130 and on, it says, The revelation of your words brings light and gives understanding to the inexperienced. Praise God. And I open my mouth and I pant because I long for your commands. Like this should not, and I'm going to talk about this at the very end. This should not be a wait, you guys. This should be a longing. This shouldn't be a, a to-do. This should be a desire. And that's really what we see with pay. P, it's the wonder of God's word. Scripture continues on. There's another Hebrew word, tesade, tesad. Again, I'm sorry, T-S-A-D-E, verses 137 through 144. And it talks about the righteous character of God's word. Like, if you wanted to study really what is the word of God, just, man, I'm telling you guys, every section has so much meat, has so much substance. And this one talks about the righteous character. In fact, in 137, it says, you are righteous, Lord, and your judgments are just. Your decrees, the decrees you issue are righteous and altogether trustworthy. I love 140. Your word is completely pure and your servant loves it. Oh, I got to go to a Bible study. Like, you're kind of missing the point of the Word of God. It's so pure, the Scripture says you should actually love it. Well, I'd be the first to admit, that doesn't always happen in my life. And in fact, when I think about Revive School, that doesn't happen all the time. I bet somebody's watching in northern Indiana and you're like, Amen! Well, thanks for admitting it. But to me, this is the reality, you guys. It's pure. And we should have a desire to know more of Him all right, I have no idea how to pronounce this. Q-O-F, Khof. In verses 145 through 152, it's about the truth of God's Word. The truth of God's Word. And as you continue on in verses 153 through 160, it's a, a, a Hebrew word, resh. And again, this has the same mentality, the same desire of we have to have a love for God's Word. And as we wrap up just this big, big, big summary, and it's sign, S-I-N, or shin, okay? And that goes through verses 161 to 168, and I love this. It's about the joy. It's about the joy of God's Word. In verses 162, I rejoice over your promises. Your promise like one who finds vast treasure, like there is so much joy in what you've written. I rejoice over your, your promise like the one who finds vast treasure. Like I love pretending as a kid I was looking for treasure. And then finally, somebody give me an amen. We are on the last of the, of the Hebrew letters, Tav. And in verses 169 through 176, Scripture talks about there is salvation in God's Word. All right, so here's where I want to run, and we're going to run fast. And I know this is going to feel like a fire hydrant. I know it's going to feel almost kind of overwhelming. But I want to just say this, and I don't even know if I have the ability. Well, I'm going to write it down. You're going to see at least six, six words that describe the Word of God, okay? So one of those words is the word law. 
Okay, whenever you read in Psalm 119, you see the word law, you know it's talking about the word of God. 25 times it's talking about the word of God. You're also going to see another word in here. Okay, all of it is pointing to, yes, up here, the word of God, testimony. The word testimony is in 23 times in Psalm 119. And it refers to the, the, the ordinances that become God's standard of conduct. In other words, the decrees. But again, these six words are always in reference to Psalm 119 and the word of God. So you're kind of like, what is the law? What is the testimony? It's the word of God. So like, don't get caught up by all these different words. They actually all point to the same thing. In fact, here's another humdinger, precepts. Actually, I know in uh, 21 times this is mentioned. You know, there's actually Bible studies today in our culture that are called the precepts. It's God's word. The word of God. So you have the law, the testimony, and the precepts. And Kevin, this is all pointing to the word. Number four, another uh, word for the word of God in Psalm 119 is the statutes. It means inscribed, okay? 21 times. And so I, I know personally when I read this and I see statutes, you're like, is he talking about the Ten Commandments? Like, is he just talking about something that Moses wrote down? He's talking about the word of God. Okay, two more illustrations here. You have commandments. 22 times that, that phrase, that word is mentioned. And it's talking about an authoritative command. And then finally, number six, this is the one that always threw me off, but judgments. 19 times plus another four times, whether it's singular or plural. That's another academic mindset here. But all of this law, testimony, precepts, statutes, commandments, and judges, all are in reference to the word of God. 176 verses, 22 sections, okay? I don't, I'm just... Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, He, Vav, Zion, Chet, Tet, Yod, Kaf, Lamed, Men, Nun, Samek, Ayin, Pi, Tesad, Kof, Resh, Shin, Tov. But this all, all of this, 22 sections, eight lines each, points to that the word is a lamp to our feet and it's a light to our path. It serves as the law, the testimony, the precepts, the statutes, the commandments, and the judges. Now, what do we do with this? I love what Warren Wearsby says. There's three audiences when you see the word of God, okay? Three audiences when you say, hey, you want to read this? Here's their responses. To an unsaved sinner, if you say to them, hey, would you like to read the word of God? This is the perspective. The law becomes the enemy to them. And it becomes, it, it almost announces their condemnation and it can't save them. So when they see this, they're like, ah, right. That's really the reality. Remember Rich in Seattle? I was like, hey, will you hold this? And the guy was like, I'm not touching that thing. Because this brings in a weird way, I hope you hear this, like guilt. They view this as I've done everything wrong. I don't want to read what I've done wrong. And so to an unsaved sinner, it becomes the enemy. Now, we know that's not the truth, but that's the perception. Wearsby also says, now, to churchgoers that we would consider legalistic believers. When you say, hey, I want you to ha have a, you know, a righteous perspective of God's word, or I want you to have a joy for God's word, legalistic believers, okay, here's what they think. They think that law um, robs them from their freedom. Grace and law can exist together. Yeah. So legalistic people are like, I have to do what? It's, I have to do this, this, and this. And so if I do these things, I'm in a box I can't get out. That's what people, legalistic believers think, well, I have to do this, this, and this. Huh? Mm, no thanks. 
But here's the other thing. To spiritually minded believers, Wearsby says, when you have a healthy perspective of the word of God, the law becomes a servant that helps you experience and understand the character of God and perceive the work of Christ in your life. There's freedom in seeing this. I mean, and even to go to your point, Kevin, when you view the word of God pointing to the work of Christ and who Christ is, you want to know him more. It doesn't become a religion. It actually becomes a relationship. You want to get to know the word of God because then you're getting to know Christ. In all of this, in Psalm 119, even verses 17 through 24, we need to have an appreciation for the word of God. We need to have a strong commitment, as it says in Ket, in verses 57 through 64, a strong commitment to the word of God. And you got to realize in verses 169 to 176, there is salvation in the word of God. I'm going to fly by this, but I think it was so encouraging for me when Wearsby says, Here, here's what the word of God does for my life. In verse nine, it says the word of God keeps us clean. By keeping your word, how can a young man keep his way pure? In verses 14, 111, 162, the word of God gives us joy. You can do any of these things and embrace any of these things. It says in verses 24 and 33 through 35, the word of God guides us. So he gives us, he gives us, he keeps us clean. He gives us joy. He guides us. He establishes our values. You know what he does in verses 58? He helps us learn how to pray effectively. In verse 58, how do we learn how to pray? He says, I've sought your favor with all of my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I've sought everything, but I'm doing it based on the word of God. The word of God gives us hope. It gives us peace. It gives us freedom. This is kind of fun. If you go to verse 63, the word of God says he becomes a friend to us. I'm a friend to all who fear you, to those who keep your precepts. So when you keep in word in, in line with the word of God, guess what? You've got friends. No, I don't have any friends. You can have one. <laughs> and then the word of God, just to wrap it all up, fulfills God's purposes. The word of God, as Warren Wearsby says, becomes a witness. And I love this in verse 25. What we really need in life as we continue to walk with the Lord in verse 25 is that the word of God gives us life. The word of God revives us. My life is down in the dust. It gives me life through your word. Oh, I don't want to get up today. Oh, I don't really like like my, my friend that sits at me at the lunch table at school. I don't really like my neighbor. I don't want to go through life, my finances, whatever the illustrations are, health, anything. When you go to the word of God, it's just like this breathing new life in us. The word of God will revive you. <laughs> and you got 176 verses to give it a shot. And now here's what's weird. I'm going to end on a, on a, on almost on a downer. <laughs> Go to verse 176 for me, will you, Kevin? Despite all of this, you got to hear me say this. Despite knowing the word of God, this psalmist just pours out his heart. And yet the last verse of knowing the word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He says, yet I wander like a lost sheep. Seek your servant for I do not forget your commands. In other words, what he's saying is, is I still sin despite me being in the word of God. I'm like a little sheep still wandering. 
So just because you're in the word of God doesn't mean that the sin is going to be eliminated from your life. And so I just want to I want to put all of this as reality because of the tension of sin and flesh in the world and Satan. You have to have this to counter this. You got to. If you don't have anywhere, you guys, you keep wandering, you keep wandering. Eventually you don't come back. We need this as our lamp to our feet and our light to our path. And if you're just like, man, God, give me a heart for the word. Just just read Psalm 119 over and over and over again. Okay, guys, we like scratched the surface today. Scratched. But my prayer is this. Why do we do revive school? Because we need the word of God. Why do we need the word of God? Because the word of God points to Christ. Who is Christ? He's the king of glory. So let's get ready for his return. All right, guys, have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow with a much shorter chapter. See ya.